It's MED Monday! Today, stop betting for protection. Everybody studies on Monday! So welcome to the 50th Minimum Effective Dose Monday episode. Now, I have just decided that February is the month of post-flop improvement. Yep, 2019 is the year of action, and with a post-flop focus, everything I release in February is going to be about improving your post-flop actions. The podcasts, the YouTube videos, as well as the monthly webinar. And today's article fits right along with that. It is a perfect start to a post-flop focus. This article comes to us from Mark Warner over at ExceptionalPoker.com. The article is called Betting to Protect? Don't Do It. Now, normally I dive into some of the ideas. I kind of introduce the article. But I have a lot to say after this one. Uh, I do 100% agree with everything Mark says, but I have kind of a different spin on it a little bit, but I want you to hear Mark's words first, and then I'll come back afterwards after I read his article. But before we get to his article, I first have the MED action and the MED idea. Remember, the action is the one thing that you must do this week to boost your poker skills. Here it is. In your next three sessions, play with a winner's mentality. When you think you're ahead post-flop, Bet to gain value from the weaker hands that they can pay you off with. Here's a message I want you to write on a sticky note and attach it to your monitor. I'm betting for value because they can call with worse. Or I'm betting as a bluff because they can find a fold. If you catch yourself betting for protection, tag that hand for review in your next study session. If you're a live player, Put that message in your Evernote and refer to it frequently as you record important hands on your phone. Alright, that was the MED action. Next is the idea. Here it is. Perception is reality. So look for opponents who believe that betting for protection is a valid play. When they make those bigger than normal bets, know that they have a top pair type hand and they're scared that you're going to draw out on them. Respond accordingly based on how you think you can best exploit this tendency in your opponent. Alrighty, now that we got those out of the way, if you want to stop the podcast right now, hey, so be it. That's the most important stuff that you can take away from this episode, some action to step into, as well as an idea for the rest of your game. But for those who want a little bit more from Mark Warner and from myself, here is the article. Gambate! Alright everyone, listen up! When Eltrusius! Maiden of the clouds blows the battle horn. Let the battle begin! I am Altrusius! Altrusius. The juiciest. <laughs> that means you can start. Betting to protect? Don't do it. By Mark Warner. Back in issue number 40 of the Exceptional Poker Newsletter, I posted a short article on why betting to protect against draws is not smart poker. Wow, I struck a nerve. I've subsequently received a half dozen emails and questions on the subject. Most were polite and respectful, but some weren't. Here's an example. You obviously don't understand the reasons to bet in Texas Hold'em. When you have top pair hand and your opponent has a straight draw that can beat yours, you have to bet to protect your hand against the straight. Read any book on poker and it will tell you this is why you need to bet. 
I don't think you understand poker as good as you think you do. If you tell us not to bet to protect against draws, I'm going to unsubscribe from your newsletter because of this bad advice. Uh, I'm sorry, you're leaving the list, but I respectfully disagree with your statement about betting to protect. You should never bet in poker to protect your hand, just as you should never bet in poker to gather information about your opponent's hand. These two things, protection and information, are nice side benefits of betting, but they should never be the primary reason you make a bet or a raise. The only two reasons to bet are A, for value, which means you think you can get a worse hand to call, or B, as a bluff, because you think you can get a better hand to fold. Sometimes we bet as a middle ground combination of these two things, for example, a semi-bluff. But we never, ever, ever should bet for the reason protecting our hand. Doing so is dumb poker, and it's costing you money. Let me explain why this is with some escalating hand examples. Example number one, having an overpair against an underpair equals a value bet. Imagine you have a pair of aces and you suspect your opponent has a small pair, like pocket deuces. The flop comes out king, nine, five, rainbow. You obviously should bet on this flop, right? Why is that? Because you have a strong value hand. Well, duh, you're probably thinking. You have a hand that has more equity than your opponent. In this instance, your pocket aces is a 91.6% favorite, and you therefore want to get him to call. You have a very strong hand, he has a very weak hand, and therefore you have a big value situation that you want to capitalize on. Now, does the bad guy technically have a draw to a better hand that can beat yours? Well, sure. Any of the two remaining deuces that could come on the turn or river would improve his hand to a set, which of course would beat your hand. But the reason you want to bet on the flop is not to protect against this long shot draw, right? Of course not. You're betting because you want him to stick around and add more money to the pot. So you should select a bet size that one, builds the pot, two, is small enough that you think he'll call, and three, is large enough that it gives him the wrong odds to make the call and chase his slim two outer. The sizing of your bet is the implementation of your decision to bet for value. You're still betting for value because you have the best hand and want to maximize the realization of your pot equity. Checking or betting too small allows the bad guy to see a free or cheap turn card and possibly beat you, while betting too large encourages him to fold too often. The key is to pick an optimal bet size that is in the sweet spot between too big and too small. But the reason you're betting is unchanged. You want this opponent holding his worst hand to call and chase. Example number two, having an overpair against a gut shot draw equals a value bet. Now let's tweak our example a bit. Imagine we still have that pocket aces and the board is still king nine five rainbow. This time, however, our opponent holds queen 10. He has an inside straight draw to a jack that can beat us if he hits it on the turn. Our equity is 81.3% on the flop. The bad guy has four outs this time, instead of just two. But otherwise, nothing materially has changed between this situation and the previous example. Again, we're going to bet on the flop for the purpose of value. Which means, in order to get this opponent holding a worse hand than ours to call, and therefore allow us to maximize our equity. 
we are not betting to protect against the bad guy's four out or draw. And like the pocket deuces example, we're going to pick a bet size that is large enough to be mathematically incorrect for our opponent to chase his gut shot draw, but it's still small enough to make him think he should chase. Because he has more outs, we will need to bet a different size than we did in the prior pocket deuces example, but we're still betting for the reason of value not to protect. Example number three, we have an overpair against an open-ended straight draw. This is still a value bet. Okay, now let's tweak the queen-10 example a bit by changing the flop to king-jack-five-rainbow. The bad guy now has an open-ended straight draw with eight outs, not four. But again, nothing else has changed. We still have the best hand with 70% equity on this flop. So again, we want to bet for value. We want the villain to call. We do not want him to fold. Our implementation of the bet size is, however, going to be slightly different than in the previous gut shot draw example. This time, we're going to need to bet even larger than in the other two situations because he has more outs and we still want to give him the incorrect mathematical odds to call. Our bet size has to be larger, but not so large that it causes him to fold. Just like the other two situations, we do not want the villain to fold. We want him to call with his worst hand, which is the very definition of a value bet. And example number four, we have an overpair against a big combo draw. Now this is a bluff bet. Okay, here's a final example that many otherwise smart people point to when talking about protection bets or just taking down a pot. Imagine you have ace of spades, ace of hearts. Your opponent, however, has something like the nine of clubs, eight of clubs on a seven of clubs, six of clubs, three of diamond flop. He has nine flush card outs plus six straight card outs. If any of these come on the turn or river, the villain will beat us. Sounds like we need to bet to protect our pair against those draws, right? Wrong. Our pot equity against this villain's hand is only 44% versus his 56% with those 15 outs. We actually no longer have the best hand. We are a dog to win the hand. We do not have a value hand. And if we don't have a value hand, then what exactly are we trying to protect? So we should give up? Well, not necessarily. But if we bet, it's not for value. And it's definitely not for protection. Instead, it would be as a bluff, because we want a better hand than ours to fold. So the implementation of bet sizing is going to change as a result. We would try to select an optimal bet size that would convince our opponent to fold his higher equity hand. The reason for betting is as a bluff, so the implementation is different. Now, is there a bet size that would actually accomplish this bluff bet? Well, that depends on the opponent. But in most situations, the answer is probably not. Try to think of a bet size that would get a solid, mathematically inclined opponent to fold his or her higher equity straight flush drawing hand to a mere overpair. In summary, there's a big difference between the reasons we bet and the correct implementation of those reasons. Many otherwise smart poker experts, including those that have written best-selling books on the subject, get confused by this. They tell you that a valid reason to bet in poker is to protect your hand against a draw. They are wrong, dead wrong. 
knowing the difference between why and the how much of betting is incredibly important. Knowing this difference allows you to make the best line decision and the best bet sizing implementation of that decision. In contrast, not knowing the difference can and will cause you to make bad decisions and or choose bad bet sizes. Here's the bottom line. You should never bet to protect your hand in poker. If you still think I'm wrong, no problem. Feel free to unsubscribe. I promise my feelings won't be hurt. Oh, man. <laughs> that was totally wicked! That was a wicked article. And let me tell you, I agree 100% with everything Mark said. But I know a lot of you listening right now, you're not going to agree with it, right? You think that betting for protection is still fine. And hey, that's totally fine. You can bet for whatever reason you want. I am not going to stop you, right? But let me tell you my take on this. Betting for protection is a loser's mentality. It's like going up to the plate and trying not to miss the ball instead of trying to smack it out of the park. Or, you know, uh, you just came back from halftime in the first half of the game. You were kicking butt and winning. You're up, uh, you know, 28 to 7, for example. And then all of a sudden, third quarter, you get into like a defensive type of game. And then your opponents, because they're so motivated to, I guess, you know, to come back and, and win in the end. They're the ones being super aggressive in the third and fourth quarters while you're playing that defensive game. Those aggressive players, that aggressive play style is more likely to take you out, right? Well, same thing here. When someone's betting for protection, they're trying to get the other player to fold a worse hand. If you're in this game to make money, a better goal would be to bet to get your opponent to pay too much for their hand, just like Mark was saying in the article. Now, the last thing I want to say is perception is reality. And the reality is that people bet for protection. They think it's a valid reason. Hey, that's just great with me. And as you saw at the very end of that article, it's great with Mark as well. Do not disabuse them of this idea. Mark and I are telling you about it because we want you to grow as a player, because you're part of our audience. But your opponents, those other people who don't know about us, the ones that are not your friends, that you are not telling them about Mark's articles or my podcast, um, those players, just let them think that betting for protection is a valid play. When you're at the table with them and, you know, they overbet their pocket aces on the jack high flop and then they show their aces and say, hey, I hate getting these cracked. Say, yeah, man, I totally understand. Be on their side. Let them think that betting for protection is a good play for sure. Now that you know that people do bet for protection, right? How can you adjust your game when you know that they do this? Now, here are two options, two ways that you can exploit this knowledge about them. The first way is to fold without the proper odds to call to your draw. Folding when the math is not right and you know your opponent has a better hand because they're making a protection bet, a kind of bet that you've seen them make before, you want to exploit your knowledge of their range and poker math by folding right here. And now the second way you can adjust your game and exploit them is to call with the intention of bluffing on the scare card that they're trying to protect from. So let's say you think they're betting big with some kind of a top pair, over pair type hand against a potential flush draw. But maybe you only have an under pair, right? You can make the call right now with the intention of bluffing if that flush card hits on the very next street. Or if you hit your set, you know, you have a two outer, the deuces versus those aces, like Mark said. If you hit the set, you can value bet right there, and they're not going to see it coming. So make your bet sizing enough to make it look like you hit your flush after calling on the previous street and you're going for value. That's if you're bluffing there. 
Now, there are other ways to exploit those protection betters, so please noodle on this for yourself and devise a few more strategies you can use against them. Well, thank you so much for listening today. And of course, thanks to Mark Warner for putting out this article. Uh, you can get this and so much more by going to exceptionalpoker.com and make sure you sign up for his newsletter. Um, and of course, with the show notes page for this, smartpokerstudy.com slash Monday. You can go there, click the link to be taken directly to his site and to this article. Alrighty, so please support the show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash smartpokerstudy. And later this week, in episode 221, I'm going to answer your questions with some actions to take. And lastly, I know that February is the month of post-flop poker. But set yourself up with post-flop success by getting my latest book, Pre-Flop Online Poker. It's available in all formats on Amazon right now. And of course, you set yourself up for that post-flop success, you're going to have a better month of post-flop work in February. Well, until next time, apply the MED idea to the rest of your game and practice the MED action in your next three sessions. Uh-huh.